Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. And welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. And I have with me today a head girl at our hunting yard, Paige Parsons. Hi, Paige. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Um, so let's just crack straight into it because we've had a little chat just before. So I can't wait for this episode. So Paige, if you could just introduce yourself and then just sort of tell everyone what you're at with your um, groom job at the moment. So um, I'm 23. I currently manage um, a private yard in the New Forest. We have eight hunters in at the moment. Um, I also manage our forest run stock. So we've got 14 forest run ponies out in the forest. Um, So they run wild and it's up to me to kind of manage and make sure they're all okay. Um, So yes, I've been there for four years and I've taken over and managed for three Brilliant. That's amazing role. So where, so, okay, so let's start from the beginning. So when you were at school, is this the type of job you wanted to do? And how did it become that this is how you've got the job now? So at school, I actually didn't want to work with horses at all. Um, I have always owned horses. I've been brought up around ponies. Um, I actually wanted to be a um, countryside ranger um went to went to college and did a countryside diploma and came out of it and basically really struggled to kind of get in um get into the area so I um was working on a farm at the time I was then offered a job as a groom um on this yard and he was willing to put me through an apprenticeship so I couldn't really turn down the offer um and now I'm four years down the line and I now manage the yard yeah amazing so it just shows that sometimes it it may not be a job that you necessarily fall into but when you do it's a job that you realize actually you love a lot totally yeah brilliant and okay so you mentioned that they've got eight horses there um so obviously in a normal circumstance because I know obviously with the pandemic we're not in a normal circumstance so in a normal um sort of week or weekend when it's a hunting season what is a typical week or a typical day like when it's hunting season so we um we hunt with the new forest hounds they hunt on a tuesday um so the boss would normally go out by himself or with his wife on a tuesday um he tends to whip in so sometimes he'll take a horse on his own sometimes i'll ride second horse um it kind of depends which which horse he decides to take on the day and then come the weekend the children come home from boarding school and then we have a full family day hunting so there's um six people in the family quite often I go as a as a groom as a nanny just a kind of second pair of hands Mm. um but it's pretty full on to be honest and then Sundays and Wednesdays are normally our kind of wind down days get to catch up on everything Mm. um but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it goes, really. And so do you have to prep all the horses? I mean, do you have normally someone with you to help you prep the horses, like, say, on a Sunday? Or do the family come and help? Um, so the family don't come and help at all. 
and they are literally hit like handed a horse on the day tacked up ready to go um so much so I even put the back protectors on the children um <laughs> yes there, there is very little help from the family and then on their return from their day hunting they literally drive the truck into the yard and they'll get out and they'll go home okay. um so case of unloading the tack, unloading the horses, obviously prioritising the horses. Um, so it is pretty full on and it's all hands on deck. Um, I currently have an apprentice, which is really lovely. Um, and she's, you know, kind of learning the ropes alongside me, really. Mm-hmm. So on a Sunday, like what is a typical day? So what time do you start? What Obviously, you've got eight horses you need to get ready or up to eight horses to get ready. So what what's a typical Sunday like? So we tend to start at half past eight which isn't too bad because they don't meet until 10 uh, 10:45. so uh get in feed we tend to turn out everyone we don't need so they're kind of off the yard out the way they're happy out grazing um and then it's a case of um so everything's prepped the night before so um tax all sorted the you know the trailers are loaded up um boots are polished Horses are washed down and tails are plaited. It's just a case in the morning of literally dragging them out of the stables, tacking them up, making sure they've all got all the correct ribbons in their tails, because unfortunately we do have a couple of kickers mm-hmm. um, and a couple of green horses. And then it's a case of booting up and loading them up, really. Um, and we literally put the boss in the truck and off he goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then so... If they set off for about 10.45, what time do they normally come home? Or does it depend what route they take? Um, so the forest is quite a vast area to be hunting through. Um, it could be anywhere between kind of half past three and five o'clock. Um, I have had them home before um, when they visited other other hunts. I've had them home at quarter past eight, um, which is obviously quite late for me to be hanging around yeah. and sorting out ponies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they get back, it's a case of getting the ponies out, washing them down, making sure that they're kind of all happy and nobody's injured of any case. Um, and we like to make sure they're nice and dry before we give them a feed and put them to bed. Oh, excellent. And then um, you mentioned, obviously, they go out on a Tuesday. So for the rest of the week, do you ride the horses to sort of keep their fitness up or does someone come in to do that? Yeah, so I ride the horses every day um i am quite strict about the routine that we have um so obviously dominic's main horses are ridden the most because they're worked a lot harder whereas the children's ponies kind of uh take the back burner a little bit um i do ride and lead and i'm quite confident that all the horses behave enough (laughs) to be able to ride and lead them all yeah Um, we're very lucky that we ride out the gate and we're straight onto the forest Oh, excellent. So you don't need to worry too much about too much road work or anything like that. Just no. scary pheasants jumping out or... <laughs> Plastic bags, dog walkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's good because at least you're killing two birds with one stone that way. So you still, you know, can get two exactly. horses done in one go. Yeah. So it's got to ease the workload slightly. Oh, definitely. And I'm I'm very lucky that my apprentice is quite petite, so she can get away with riding the ponies as well. Oh, good. Saves oh. me another job. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously now we're not in a normal circumstance. So what is now a typical week for you at the moment? Um, so personally, I'm finding it quite tough because I'm quite a busybody. And um, although all the horses came in and were really fit, kind of September, October time, they hunted 
I think there were eight days that we did before everything stopped again. Mm. So um, it was quite hard to decide whether we just turned the horses out and just let them be a horse for the winter or whether we kind of kept them ticking over. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of younger horses at the moment, which it kind of paid for them to have a bit more of a routine. Mm-hmm. So the two old mares, I've kind of turned them out and they've just enjoyed a bit of winter. Um, whereas the main kind of riding horses, we've kept them in. Everyone's at home at the moment. The children obviously aren't at boarding school. Mm-hmm. So I've been encouraging them to ride a lot more because out of out of the hunting season, they do ride very little. Um, yeah. So we have been riding quite a lot with the children, um, which is quite nice to kind of, um, it's quite nice to have quite a kind of happy um, friendly atmosphere on the yard really um and like a family environment as well isn't it yes exactly and it's you know I do very much feel part of the family you know they are very good to me um although I do have a service to provide I do mm-hmm. feel that they do look after me yeah um but hopefully the horses will get a holiday over Easter at some point yeah yeah so and do you teach like how old are the children and do you teach them lessons or do you just let them get on with it um, so the children range from nine to 16. Um, the 16 year old would rather get in a tractor than get on a horse. Um, mm. So if I can get him to ride, it's a good day. Yeah. Um, however, the nine year old, she'd ride the ponies all day long. So today we went out on two rides. We took the older mares for a little pooter around the pond. And then we took the big horses out for a bit of a gallop and a, and a bit of a jump, really. Um, so, it, yeah, it all depends, really. Um they're obviously quite avid sailors, so if they can get out and sail, then yeah. they would rather get out on a boat than on a pony. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame them, to be fair. If it's a nice day, no. nothing better to be than on a nice yacht, really. Um, and then also you mentioned about the New Forest Ponies. So can you talk to me a little about, like, how does that work? What do you do? Um, and tell me a bit more about that. So the New Forest is a commoning land. So we can turn horses, ponies, pigs, cattle all out onto, um, onto the new forest. So they're all branded. So they've all got um, a heat brand on them. So we can identify, obviously, whose is whose. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, we've had two foals off the forest. Um, so there are stallions that run in particular areas. So five stallions went out last year. And we're very lucky that two of our mares were covered by last year's stallions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a colt and a filly this year. Um, the colt had to come in off the forest because obviously, you know, he's going to be a big boy and he's going to be able to yeah. do the deed. So yeah. um, he was brought in and I've recently sold him to a really lovely local girl. Um, she's looking to break him in and to ride him in the kind of slightly distant future. Mm-hmm. And then um, you don't normally bring fillies and their mothers in off the forest. However, the mother wasn't doing particularly well out. So she came in just to kind of be fattened up a little bit um and also to wean the filly um so they came in for a little while I mean they're completely feral um so it's not a case of having pretty ponies on the yard it is a different way of managing horses um and coming from a commoning family I I kind of have a little bit of that but I've definitely learned a lot from having so many horses out there yeah um and I really enjoy going out with the children uh, out riding and be able to you know point out our own ponies and check up on how they are if there's any concerns we can always bring them in um and then they can go on a bit of grass and have a bit of a hard feed really just to help bulk them up in the winter so what happens with you know the um with like worming and say like injections and stuff like that so how how does that sort of program work cool so um 
twice a year we have a but it's basically a roundup so we call it a drift where we round up each area of ponies um and we'll so we all go out a bit like cowboys out on our horses go galloping across chasing all these big herds up and we put them through um like a crush that you put a cow cow yeah. through so yeah. that way we can trim any feet that need trimming and we can worm them all um anyone that needs to come in anything that's going to be sold this is an opportunity for people to be able to bring their ponies in off the forest mm-hmm. um so and then they all have their tails cut anyone that's local to the forest will, no- will notice that their tails get cut into cut in different patterns yeah and a different pattern will mean a different area um so they have their tails cut and their tails show which area they belong to and whether their owner has paid basically their turnout fees um it's really interesting it's really cool to watch um and it's really nice to talk to the old boys and see how it was done before back before kind of technology and everything um and then in the spring and in the autumn we have um, a pony sale at Beaulieu road so that's an opportunity to have an auction where you can sell anything, any stock that you don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, we normally put a lot of colts through there because nobody wants a colt. No. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and they get sold for guineas. So it's quite interesting to kind of see that it's all still done in old money. Is it one, um, one, one point one guineas to a pound or something like that? Yeah, something like that. It's <laughs> not a lot. It's not a yeah. lot of difference to make it worth doing, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we sold a cop there a couple of years ago um, and we got something like 43 guineas for him, which is like 50 quid. Which, <laughs> you know, it's nothing really for a pony. No, um, no. And everything gets microchipped before it gets sold and that's it really. Um, so how yeah, do so you... Way of life. <laughs> yeah. So how do, how do you, like as a community, how do you manage the stock? So is it a case of um, yeah. that each person or each... Um, herd holder has a I don't know what you call it but do you know what I mean like whoever has the ponies they only allowed that certain amount and then that's it and obviously if they have foals and stuff then you have to either sell them or whatever so you keep the numbers to a a certain yeah number so as as far as I'm aware there's a number that roughly has to be out on the forest um and you have to request before you put anything out you can't just throw out whatever you've got in the field yeah um and then there's what you call an adjuster. So there's five adjusters on the forest and they all have their own areas. And basically it's their responsibility to look after the stock mm-hmm. to know that, um, you know, say say one of my ponies was looking a bit poor this winter, he'd give me a ring and say, Paige, you need to get it in. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also turned out pigs in the autumn for panage. If our pigs um, are naughty or get in the wrong place, um, he'll also give me a ring and say, Paige, come on, you need to come and move yeah. them to a different area so it's their responsibility to overlook it yeah and then as commoners ourselves we can go out and obviously check our own stock and make sure that they're all okay excellent it's so fascinating because it's not something like everyday folk really come across is it because it's so unique to the new forest isn't it I, yeah I'm sure it's anywhere else in the uk that they do this type of thing or is it just the new forest so there's a similar kind of system down in exmoor and dartmoor yeah. Um, I don't think that they have as many animals out, mm. um, and I don't know whether they turn every, anything else but ponies out. Yeah. Um, but we're very lucky. We do also have a couple of sheep. Not that I've ever actually seen sheep out in the forest, but apparently yeah. there are some out there. Yeah. Um, and for horsey people, we all like to go down and check our ponies twice, three times a day. You know, some of these ponies I don't see for six, seven, eight weeks. Yeah. You know, but 
there is someone out there that is checking in on them and this yeah. is the, this is the joys of the brand so the brand shows that that um kind of symbol comes back to my name or yeah. my boss's name yeah and then anyone can contact me and say you know there's a problem yeah um yeah that's very much a privilege to it really yeah definitely so with like um say horse conditions so like colic or laminitis or things like that is that a common thing that they come across or because they're so natural that actually they don't get those type of conditions um I've never heard of a laminitis case out in the forest because obviously there's no lush kind of grazing it's a lot more browsing so um there's an awful lot of holly and gorse um opposed to kind of lush you know paddock grass really yeah. uh, colic again isn't necessarily unusual um there's quite a lot of acorn poisoning um right. in the autumn which is quite severe you tend to not have a lot of warning and just come across a very very poorly pony yeah um something that we're really suffering with at the moment is because everyone is almost herding to the forest to get their outdoor activity yeah we're having an awful lot of ponies with choke where they're feeding so people them. are coming along with with their dog and going for a walk and thinking oh you know let's go and give that pony an apple or a sandwich or or an ice cream or whatever and there's an awful lot of ponies that are having these kind of indigestion problems and choke because people think that they're doing the best by giving their ponies a snack but actually they're creating more damage than they are good yeah yeah that's really sad I think I heard on um a podcast the other day I think it was on the horse and hound podcast and they were talking about um people giving someone had given um a pony a potato and it was a whole potato and it obviously just choked because it couldn't digest it and swallow it properly and obviously it died unfortunately um not a wild pony but like in someone else's field and um I, I totally get it like I get that you know public do see these ponies and it is amazing that you get to see them in their natural habitat and they're, totally, totally. they're feral and everything and it is amazing um and you like you say that you they feel they're doing the right thing but it is just best just to leave them alone but yeah I mean I, I mean I've always been told if it's not yours don't touch it yeah, so if yeah. it's not yours don't feed it <laughs> there must be signs around the more around the forest to say don't feed the animals is there there is and there and there's so much kind of publicity online about it as well um yeah. but unfortunately you know you can't train the stupid no <laughs> oh that's so fascinating so I want to go back to your day job shall we say yeah um so can you tell me like the pros and cons of working like on a hunter's yard okay so um I'm really lucky that I can buy and sell ponies and horses for the family so it's such a sense of achievement to be buying a pony so for example I bought a pony two years ago um who had done a little bit of hunting, but more as a show jumper, but suited kind of what I wanted pretty much well. And um, and actually seeing her out hunting with the children and her being an absolute machine and being so safe, mm. it, it, it you know, I'm, I've, I've created that, you know, I've bought that pony, I've brought it on, and it's actually really nice to kind of enhance that sense of achievement. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky that because I manage the yard, I have a little bit of flexibility. So if I need to dash off at 10 o'clock to go and see the farrier for my own horse, then, you know, I can kind of wiggle around a little bit mm. um, to a certain extent anyway. Um, yeah. And it's nice that, again, because I'm in charge, 
I can manage the horses how I would like. Um, So I can feed them what I want. I can clip them how I like. Um, So it's very much a case of it's my yard and it's quite quite nice. The boss actually refers to it as Paige's yard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it's so nice to kind of stand back and look and see that's what I've done. Mm. Um, And I've come from the bottom. I started off as an apprentice. You know, and now I've been able to kind of work my way up and I've, you know, I've been running this yard. I mean, I hope everyone else would agree, but quite well. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure they will. Otherwise, <laughs> you still wouldn't be there for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and um, are there any bad uh, points to the job? Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be tough to work outside. You know, it, it goes from the extremes of the mud that we've got at the moment to the scorching sun in the summer you you know you've got to be tough to be able to put up with the weather let alone everything else yeah and working for a family that's got a little bit of money they can be quite demanding Mm -hmm. um you know they you know there are stuff that gets asked of me that necessarily isn't particularly my job role Mm -hmm. um but you know I'm willing to throw myself at anything um and there's quite a bit of pressure as well because you know you hand these horses over of a morning for them to go hunting and on your neck is whether those horses behave really you know yeah. on your neck is whether you know everything's in the truck and everything's ready to go you know did you remember you know to put that extra hat in or those waterproofs you know it kind of it does come with a little bit of pressure yeah and by all means the responsibility you know they put their trust in me to look after all their animals and to look after all their horses and to have everything there and you know to have everything under control let alone adding the pressure of an apprentice Mm. and you know keeping her afloat and teaching her and you know kind of um you know having everything in stock and knowing that you know the day is going to run smoothly and there are days where it doesn't and I'm I'm never ever going to say that it runs perfectly (laughs) it never does and you never can with horses because they're so unpredictable you know seven or eight uh six days of the week they can be absolute angels and then there's one day they just decide no not today (laughs) totally and they run through electric fencing yeah oh god (laughs) all the time (laughs) i think that's the bane of everyone's like any equestrian's life is electric fencing (laughs) i think they're like oh god it just goes Um, endless i feel like that's all i do (laughs) yeah um so I wanted to ask you, um, do you have any yard or grooming hacks that say um, that you do on your yard that you think someone else might go, oh, that's a good idea. I'll use that on my yard. Yeah, so I have a couple. Um, uh, So I have a mare that comes back from hunting and she runs she runs her heart out bless her and she's so good but she comes back a bit kind of deflated um and I really struggled to get her to drink she's Mm. recently suffered with gastric ulcers um and horses that have suffered with gastric ulcers are known not to want to drink Mm. um however when she comes back from hunting I fill up a just a standard bucket with slightly slightly lukewarm water and put a drop of molasses in it mix it all up and she'll drink the entire bucket so you know no fancy electrolytes all that kind of jazz but I know that she's got that liquid back in her system yeah yeah um and coming to um like getting butte and medication into horses again a little bit of warm water and a little bit of masses and you know you'll never ever struggle getting drugs into horses um that's definitely kind of one of my big my big go-tos um we're very lucky that we our yard is um attached to a mill 
Um, however, that does mean there's an awful lot of water around. So we yeah. do suffer with blood fever, like there is no tomorrow. Um, and as much as I'd love the horses to stay in all day, it's just not fair. So no. they do have a couple of hours turnout. Um, however, they are in slush. Yeah. Um, so twice a week, I use pig oil and sulfur all over their legs and their tummies. Yeah. So uh, we have suffered with not just mud fever on their legs, but mud fever on their tummies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a mud rash. Yeah. So twice a week, I make it absolute religion that we do oil them up. And touch word, we haven't had any problems for the last three years. Brilliant. And uh, yeah. actually, someone else <laughs> on a, um, one of the recordings mentioned pig oil. So I think it's definitely a secret uh grooming totally. grooming tool that people might need yeah. that and apparently it's really good for all sorts as well so and yeah. it's natural as well isn't it so yeah I also um and I also put it through their tails before they go hunting and then because we do hunt in the forest and it is so wet it, you know the mud doesn't stick to them and they can almost come back near enough clean really oh that makes <laughs> your life easier when they come back home <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> um so i've got a couple of quick fire questions for you so are you night in or night out night's in (laughs) uh tea or coffee oh coffee 100 percent uh wellies or heels oh wellies absolutely (laughs) (laughs) sweet or savory oh savory uh book or film Ooh, uh, film. And what was the last film you watched? Ooh, uh, and when I ask this question, Love people actually, go, I, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, Love Actually, I think. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. And are you a Netflixer? Do you watch Netflix? Or I am, t- yes. So what was the last series you binge-watched? Um, so um, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm currently on Amazon Prime watching Grey's Anatomy. I'm a bit, I'm a bit late to that one, but it's yeah. so, so good. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. Right. Okay. So where can people find your page on your social media? So I have a private account, um, which is page underscore M Parsons. Um, and I also have just bought a three-year-old racehorse off the track. Um, and I've made a little profile for her just to kind of track where we're going um, and for me to look back on really when we're having bad days I can look back and see how far we've come yeah. um, so she is off the track underscore new life um, and it's just her little journey oh that's going to be so amazing to watch oh, oh well people follow because I think that's going to be really good especially in like six months time or like a year's <laughs> time to see what the difference is oh that's going to be really good well thank you so much Paige for your time because I know you've been busy so we've had to do this in the evening so I appreciate your time and giving up your evening to chat to me um if um people could uh screenshot and share to your stories and tag Paige and I in we would really appreciate it and thank you so much, Paige. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please would you subscribe and leave me a review. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to find me on my social media, I am on Instagram under Cobbs Equine Shop underscore services. And on Facebook, I am Cobbs Equine Shop and services. Thank you so much. And I'll speak to you next time.
listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as I did making it. If you um, like to follow me on socials, my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook, Cobbs Equine Services. Um, if you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people. And I will speak to you all on the next episode.